customers are looking at ethical and sustainable purchases. So by proxy, these things will pay back. So it, it really is, in my view, a no-brainer. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. So thank you for hitting play on this episode. Now, if you're a regular listener, you will know I like to sometimes start by giving a shout out to a listener who was kind enough to take the time to post a review of the show. And I've got one of those to do right now. So huge thank you to Nice Try Cummy. Uh, I think that's how we say it, from Canada, for your five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Now, they say, love this super informative podcast, very specific actionable steps to help with e-commerce growth. So thank you, Nice Try Commie, for adding that one to Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And if you would like a shout out at the start of an episode, then just go to keepopt.com forward slash review to find out how to leave us a review. So what are we talking about in this episode? Well, we are continuing our B Corp month. We are celebrating B Corp brands and helping you to work out if going through the process of becoming a B Corp is something you want to do. Why should you do it? What does it entail? What are the benefits? What are the downsides? Are there any downsides? Last week, we chatted with Faye from B Corp Green and Blue about how being a B Corp has become part of how they drive the business forwards, including their impact assessments process, which is far less scary and um, ops intensive than that sounds. This week, we're chatting with a wannabe B Corp. We've kind of gone back in time in the journey. We're talking to a big brand, well over a million pound turnover, who are on the journey to getting certified. In fact, they are just on the cusp of submitting for their certification as we recorded this episode. So we're going to be talking to um, Hannah about why they decided to undertake this journey, why it's so central to the values of the business. She's going to be talking about how she brought the team along with her a little bit. We'll be talking about the impact on the ops, how this handled the supply chain side of things, the HR side of things. They've got 40 staff, so there's quite a bit of that to handle. And she, she finished us off the main part of the interview with an amazing big tip on how to succeed with your B Corp certification. And then, of course, you're going to listen past that right to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on her top tips or as per our usual top tips and my own take on this episode. Do you have stock in your warehouse you desperately need to turn back into cash? Do you want to know how you can sell more stock at full price? Do you want to leverage your stock to improve your profits, cash flow and environmental impact? then it's time to get your free ticket to our brand new virtual event. This time, we're tackling the problem of overstocks, both how to avoid them and how to clear them. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket. And to answer the number one most asked question, will replays be available, Chloe? Why, yes, replays will be available to everyone who has signed up. So sign up and then you can watch at your convenience. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket. That's ecmp, short for e-commerce master plan, dot info forward slash summit to get your free ticket today.
And now to introduce today's special guest. Hannah Leah is the Operations Director at Hampers.com, sellers of hampers and carbon neutral gifts. Founded in 1979, they now sell £14 million worth of gifts each year via their Magento site, corporate sales and the Amazon marketplace. Hello, Hannah. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you here with such an an interesting product range and taking such a large business on such an interesting journey. But before we get into all of that, how did you yourself get into e-commerce? Well, I would say it's purely by chance. In 2019, myself and my stepdad were looking to get into business together and the opportunity to purchase hampers.com came up and it was then Clearwater Hampers Limited. So I had previously worked my time in various industries in defence and in financial services and I had been studying my MBA. And at this point, I'd worked in large organisations and really wanted to to get my teeth stuck into something. So this opportunity came about. And since 2019, I've been getting deep into understanding the, the, the intricacies of e-commerce in depth and, you know, thoroughly enjoyed my journey so far. What a... What an amazing shift from the world of finance and defence into the world of of e-commerce and gifts, but also starting it off in 2019, that, I mean, some, some serious stuff has gone down since 2019, hasn't it? It certainly has. I mean, certainly when we bought the business, it was very much try and learn and observe. There were certainly things within the business that we, we knew that we could improve on and, and it was kind of a good foundation for us. And then in March 2020, you know, the whole world changed and we went from what was a 7 million turnover business to what, you know, doubled in size in that time to a 14 million turnover business. So it's certainly nothing like uh, that sort of growth to, to learn very quickly and what, what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it is kind of like we've had people on before who've had startups who've launched, thought they were aiming at one market and then after six months in, they're like, oh, no, it's a different market. Or after, you know, a couple of years in, they realise actually it's being, the product's being bought by men, not women, and they have to rebuild everything. I guess you, your your learning curve just got very quickly accelerated. Yeah, it was very rapid. When we bought the business, it was, I would have said, you know, a different proposition to what we say it is now um, in terms of we, you know, want luxury quality products, artisan hampers, and obviously with the um, sustainable element as well. And certainly that, you know, making that change whilst, you know, growing the business on foundations that were set up for a much smaller business was was challenging, but it's been really fun. And that growth has given the opportunity for us to reinvest back into the business, which has been fantastic. And which is where we've been able to kind of increase our proposition and, you know, invest in that sustainability piece. We'll get on to the investment in sustainability shortly, but let's just explain a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of the business before we before we get into all that that side of things. So where in the world are you and where do you sell to? So we are based in Abingdon in Oxfordshire. We have a staff of 40 people and we sell pretty much all over the world, though the majority of our customers are um, in the UK. Though we do have this unique piece in our business with gifting that we have kind of two people that we need to please, both the customers, the people who, you know, engage with us and buy through us, and then the other audience are the people that actually consume the product. So, you know, we don't have that direct relationship necessarily with people that consume the product. So part of our big strategy was to turn our consumers who are the person actually enjoying the products into our customers again. We have three 
three main sales channels. So the majority of our sales is through our Magento site and our e-commerce on hampers.com. We also have one third of our business, which is uh, corporate offline. So we have, you know, large corporate businesses that come to us annually and look to get gifts for their clients or employees. And then the remaining part is Amazon trading, which we do, um, which um, certainly is part of our wider strategy is where we don't see the growth and obviously where we're focusing on is our e-commerce and our, co- our corporate offline business. And you mentioned there's, you've got 40 staff there. How how do they split across the e-commerce and the corporate sales? Because those are two two very different business models, aren't they? Yeah, so we have two completely separate teams. Um, so we have a corporate offline team who are there on the phones, on the road and, um, you know, winning new business and, you know, and dealing with those inquiries. And then we have an e-commerce team that deal with our online sales. And then we have a marketing team that um, supports both of those those sectors. And they also support Amazon in some areas as well in terms of product photography and that sort of product development as well. So the marketing team supports all three channels. And we have separate people responsible for each of those channels um, because, like you say, they're very, very different skills and techniques needed in each of those. And are you doing your own uh, warehousing and fulfillment or have you outsourced that? Yes, we do. So all, we do everything in-house. One of the most important things to us is that when the product arrives at the consumer, that we know that the quality and standard is in there. So we do everything in-house. So you know, we make sure that everything from product development to the actual curating of the hamper in the warehouse is all done at a high standard effectively. And obviously we did say 40 staff. One of the biggest challenges for us is seasonality obviously we mentioned 14 million turnover a year we do around eight of that in the month of December (laughs) which um yes (laughs) so that's uh you know certainly for us that's obviously the biggest operational challenges we have to deal with and we again go from 40 staff to 140 staff in the last last few months of the year um just to support that humongous peak yeah that is a spike yeah as you say a humongous peak (laughs) so B Corp. Why did you as a company, given, let's face it, you bought the business in 2019. Since then, you've repositioned the whole business, which which from what reading between the lines, what you've been saying affected everything. You dealt with a pandemic and doubling of sales. And as we're recording this, you're just on the cusp of a year long project to get your B Corp piece ready for submission. So I mean, most people, most businesses, especially large businesses, are only just starting to get back to normal post-pandemic. So how did you find the time and why did you see too many questions in here, Hannah? But but basically, what do I want to ask you? I want to ask you why you decided to go for B Corp and why it was sufficiently important to the business to do it when you were going through all this huge change already anyway. Um, so I guess to start from the very beginning, really, and I'm not trying to go into, you know, personal details here, but I think certainly it was very much driven from my values. I mentioned about doing my MBA before and as part of my MBA, one of my modules was sustainability. And at that time I was working in a much larger, larger organization and I'd, I'd had that as a personal value. But in that time, it really hit me that, you know, businesses need to do more. Then only a year later, I had this opportunity where I was in an organisation where I could enact real change. Um, I, I, am op- I am operations director and I do have that ability to enact change. And as managing director, Patrick is um, very trusting of me and understands kind of 
you know, where I was driven in, in this regard. And when we initially bought the business, one of the first things we did was set out our strategy and a new strategy for hampers.com. And so the first part really of getting this embedded was actually putting sustainability ESG into our strategy. So that was kind of really where it started. So although the the B Corp project has only been going on for a year, the ESG, the sustainability project was top of mind right from very day one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, personally, in terms of my values, I've always, you know, we've only got one planet. And I've always, you know, had those values that, you know, it's important to make sure you can do our bit. And I think I was always struggling as, you know, as we all do with that as an individual, I can only do so much. And then, you know, having this opportunity within a business, you just can enact so much more than you can as an individual. And I was really keen on, on all levels, whether it was the environment, whether it was the social side, and whether it was staff to make sure that we were we were doing our best as a business and making it profitable but making sure that in that time we weren't doing that at the consequence of anything else you know it was driven from that from the very start and obviously it was small baby steps to start with in terms of what we could do with our supply chain and obviously and and while I was doing my MBA B Corp became the out and out thing for me in terms of just that kind of valid I think for me like if you can have a strategy and you can then validate it with some sort of, you know, accreditation and you really are proving that you're doing that. And for me, B Corp covers so much area that I think, you know, that from, that for me is the validation that we are doing the right thing. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, and why B Corp? And you've just answered it. So I guess my next question would be, I think that personal belief and personal values is so key. Would you agree that a business owner should only head in this direction if they are personally believing and committed to making a difference do you think you can do it as a tactic or do you think it has to be deeper than that oh um (laughs) I it's a big question (laughs) it's a really big question I think that I think my personal opinion is that you're not going to really it is going to be an element of tactics and you know I guess in the world we're in now you know there's going to be a lot of companies that do do that for those reasons and you know if the end goal that they're positive change comes out of that then that's fine I think your ability to actually make more change and is going to stand truer if you truly believe that in your values and I think there's always going to come a time as a business owner if you don't believe in that then you're going to choose potential profits over those are those sustainable things so I think if it comes to crunch and I think I do believe that potentially if you haven't got those values it might you know it might not hold true in the long run however Obviously, if people are doing this and they're trying to bring positive change and all for the better, you know, motive being motive, I'd obviously love someone to to truly, you know, I'd, I'd love to buy from companies that truly believe in those values. But obviously, that's not always going to be the case. But if the net benefit is positive, then, you know, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 quite. If you, as long as you're doing the right thing. Yeah, we like we're 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 okay with you. Um, so. So you've you've spent um, a year, literally. I think in the B Corp world, it's fair to say, literally ticking the boxes and getting everything in place. What's been the most challenging part of that journey? I would say for us, but just because of the complexities of um, what we do is probably the supply chain. We buy products and components from all over 
well certainly when we bought the business it was all over the world although you know we we have a you know a reasonable turnover as a as a business who's buying food and drink components we're not huge in that market and i think to impact change in that area is quite hard so you know when you're like trying to move to products that are recyclable or non-plastic you know you're kind of waiting for the wider market to kind of come with you on that and obviously then there's cost implications of that as well because we're trying to do this while not not offsetting you know not trying to impact the customer with price increases as well so um just getting to the nitty-gritty of supply chain we do have you know 600 individual components over 200 suppliers and it's auditing that and making sure that we understand the impact of of our supply chain has probably been the hardest part of that just because of the complexities Um, in terms of the social impact and the people one of the first projects i worked on in the second year of the business was completely overhauling our hr processes and procedures and to make them there for retention and looking after our staff so that was kind of easy because I kind of put those foundations in place the same with the social side of stuff as well we very much wanted to look at how we could give back to society and what as a business we could do to what best we could do to do that so those were easier in some respect just because I could control them but supply chain was probably the hardest. And what I find interesting in all these discussions I'm having with people in the in the B Corp space and businesses who are trying to become more sustainable generally is 90% of what you're doing is things that are good for the business anyway. So finding better suppliers is good for the business. Improving your HR systems so they retain people is good for the business. So was there, I mean, I think people assume that going sustainable is an awful lot more expensive than staying normally. Have you found that to be the case? I would say not really. I think it's, I think it's definitely sometimes harder to source I know it sounds silly but to source products from suppliers but in terms of really in terms of the grand scheme of the P&L no it hasn't really been really costly I think if you believe in all these things like you say you know retention all these things that they can they pay back anyway and doing the right thing pays back because you know customers believe in that now don't they and it's really you know regardless of your motives of doing it customers are looking at ethical and sustainable purchases so by proxy these things will pay back so it it really is in my view a no-brainer and you are the ops director and i think a lot of the big meaty parts you know like the supply chain side of things often and you know warehousing and packaging often fall under that remit of ops director so you're you're in kind of in the prime seat you and your team to get the majority of it done but I would assume you needed to bring the rest of the company along with you on this journey as well so were there any areas you were surprised how involved they had to become? That's a really good question actually because we've been really lucky because Obviously, when we bought the business, we set out that strategy um, from the start and our vision and our values. Really, when we've recruited people from that time, and obviously we've done, it was 20 people in 2019 and now we're 40, people have bought in from that from the get-go. In fact, almost it's been it's almost been a good recruitment tool because when you sit down with people, they're actually they, these days people want to choose to work for an ethical company. Uh, but I would say probably the majority has felt fallen in my department anyway, so it's been quite good. But in terms of the general wider team, everyone just is so 
it's at their core as well I think you know when you're you know not going into a HR seminar here but when you go into you know growing your teams it's so important that when you're recruiting people that they culturally align and that they believe in what you're doing and we've been so lucky to have people who just believe in believe in that and you know and and at the same time for them you know because an example for the corporate team who you know are trying to win win business it's been a great you know asset for them to have those as well so it's kind of they see the benefit of what we're doing is good and you know it obviously benefits them in terms of their performance as well i i love the clarity you're giving us on all of this hannah it's brilliant thank you and um finally on this on this big big old topic for anyone listening who is thinking oh it's probably about time we got round to doing this i'm i'm listening to hannah i'm going yeah i see all the benefits okay great let's let's do this have you got any tips for anyone to make the the process of getting to the point you're at right now where you're ready to submit easier any key tips for them i would just say don't be afraid by the process because like just starting and doing something small is a first step. I think with anything like this, you just do the first step and you can break it down and, you know, into smaller chunks. I think it's just not to be afraid of it, really. I think you've got nothing to lose by starting the process, even if you get one person starting to look at this on a small basis. I just think starting the process, and I think once you get into it and understand that really it's just a really good framework for running a business anyway and actually that that just i think it's just taking that first step for me and not being afraid e-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector here's a reminder of who they are Competition in e-commerce is complex and growing your business can be challenging. That's why I would like to introduce you to Pricing, competitor price tracking and dynamic pricing optimization software for e-commerce merchants. You can monitor your competitors' price moves from a single dashboard and import all your products with a single click. You'll be able to track prices and make price comparisons from any website, marketplace or sales channel like Google Shopping and Amazon. Pricing's dynamic pricing app sets prices automatically to improve profit margins whenever market prices or stock availabilities change. Track unlimited competitors and increase your profit margins. Start a free trial now and get 50% off your first three months. Sign up now at ecmp.info forward slash pricing. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash P-R-I-S-Y-N-C. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to 
ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Hannah, are you ready for the top tips? I am. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I had to think because I was trying to make this relevant, but for me, it was Grow the Pie by Alex Edmonds. Oh, I've not come across that one. What's it about? So this is effectively about how, you know, as as a business, you can grow your pie profitably, but making sure that you give back to society as well. So it's a really fascinating, fascinating insight into sustainable business. Oh, nice. I'm adding that to my to my own reading list. Uh, <laughs> OK, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? So I, as an ops person, obviously, I'm going to have some bias in this, but I, and this is just my perspective. For me, it's recommendation referrals. It's getting our customers to be advocates for us. Um, and obviously, in our case, consumers as well. It's, you know, getting them to receive our gift and then go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to buy this again. So just that whole, you know, referral and recommendation for me is mine it's such a powerful marketing method isn't it get your customers to bring you more customers and as you said right at the beginning of our chat as a as a gifting business you have two separate audiences both of whom want your product in some way or another one person wants to buy it to give it to someone else the other one wants to receive it so it's it gives you you've got almost kind of double the scale of the average e-commerce business to make that that marketing method work for you absolutely i always love a, uh, a referrals tip Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Um, So for us, it's actually Airtable. Um, We use this as a great tool for our product management. I would say it's like a sexy Excel, which always excites me, and that's very geeky and very opsy. Um, but it's very visual. We can share data instantly on all of our products with all of our teams, whether it's customer care, our product development team, our website team, our external um, suppliers. I'd advocate that immediately for anything like that. Yeah, I still not dived into Airtable, partly because I think I don't actually need it in my business because I'm so small, but also because like you, I'm a bit of a geek and I suspect I would lose a week to it. It sounds so brilliant. (laughs) It's excellent. It really is. Okay, then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? So again, I'm coming from an ops perspective on here, but for me, it's customer care. Um, I know this is a weird one and it sounds illogical, but for me, it's looking after and nurturing your customers, giving them the best service you can and, and getting them to come back. Like, you know, that's what we care about and what we focus on. It's just, you know, giving them the best service that we could we could possibly do and uh, enabling them to come back to you. Uh, which is so at the heart of any successful e-commerce business. And is something a small business can do just as much as a big business. So um, so another great tip. Thank you, Hannah. Well, look, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? 
Yeah, so we are very easily hampers.com. Um, you can find us there and um, engage with us on there. We also have hampers.com as our Instagram tag. And, um, you know, feel free to contact us anytime or me at any time if you have any questions about what we've talked through today. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on the podcast, for sharing your work in progress B Corp's um, certification. And um, I suspect inspiring a fair few of our listeners to take the leap and get started as well. So thank you so much for coming on and, um, and sharing your experience with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. Excellent set of advice there from Hannah. It's great how she was up for sharing so much of how they've gone about taking that B Corp journey. And plus, I now have somewhere to go next time I want to send gifts out to people. So that's cool. Can now do that carbon neutrally. Now, I guess for me, the key takeaways from Hannah's piece were, if you're tempted by B Corp, a little bit building on some of the stuff Faye was saying last week, if you're tempted by B Corp, just go and get started. Don't be scared of the process. There is a massive checklist process that you go through to become certified and you can use that as a kind of like a business improvement tool even without applying for the certification. So well worth just getting started. Just start on part of it if that's you know, the right direction for your business to go and you don't have to get it all done in a year. You can just start the journey. I think the other thing was how core sustainability has been to their vision for the business from the moment they took it over in 2019 and how that has made the B Corp. The B Corp process is kind of like the rubber stamp on everything they were doing anyway for hampers.com and I would expect giving them some guidance along the way too. So if it's built in to your business already this is going to be a relatively straightforward process and just help you do it all a bit better and you know I think that's something which is key to all of us, whether we're going to get on the B Corp certification or not. If you want to build anything into your business, you need to build it into the values, the mission, that core beating heart DNA of the business, which then makes it so much easier to enact those changes because you're recruiting the right people, you're appealing to the right customer base, you're able to join all those dots so much more easily. Now, before I repeat everything that, uh, that Hannah told us, you can get your hands on the notes from this show, including the top tips and links to what we mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use ECMP, which is short for ecommercemasterplan.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is. Just put that in the URL bar and you will go straight to the right page on the website. And that works for all our episodes over the last, what is it, seven, eight years now? Once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you liked this episode, then make sure you check out all of our episodes about B Corp this month. So you can find them just by scrolling up and down your feed. Or if you want to hear from more big retailers, those doing over a million, then head to ecmp.info forward slash big. And if you want to hear from more Magento users, then it's ecmp.info forward slash Magento. Now, thank you for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses. 
including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. It's time to get your free ticket to our brand new virtual event. This time we're tackling the problem of overstocks, both how to avoid them and how to clear them. So take control of your stock to improve profits, cash flow and lower your carbon footprint. Just use our short link ecmp.info forward slash summit to get your free ticket.